Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to recap the 3-0 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of hypothetical situation for the Red Wings going forward. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty is also host over at Lockdown Tigers, and he's really looking forward to recording his Tigers postgame recap after this one. Yeah, um, I, uh, Brian, <laughs> Brian gave me an option of uh, the Tigers game ended right when Brian got home and was able to record this, and uh, he gave me a choice, and he said, do you want to, like, do you want to just get the Tigers one over with? And I was like, no, actually, I very much don't want to record a lot of Tigers show tonight. But I, I will. And uh, I'm pushing it off. So this is my this is my recovery time is Lockdown Red Wings. You're using Lockdown Red Wings to get right, so to speak. Correct. Get, yeah. get your right, get get right game. Unfortunately, the Red Wings lost three to nothing. So I don't know how much it's going to help you recover See, your like, mentality. There's a huge difference between going into a game you expected to get crushed in losing but like not getting completely embarrassed and then like okay like we were we were supposed to lose everyone thought we were going to lose we lost so what versus whatever the hell just happened in minnesota on a baseball field yeah yeah um like you said the red wings went into toronto kind of i don't you should never a good hockey fan would never expect a loss you're always rooting for your team to win but I think you and I, Scotties, are, are a little bit of realists. And the last three times that these two teams have played, I mean, it's a team that's a lottery team versus a team that's a Stanley Cup contender. And the last th- three times have been, you mean, you got shelled. Uh, the one, the 10 to 7 and the 7 to 4 were at least competitive. I will say, yeah, they were competitive the last three a 5 to 4 loss, a 7 to 4 loss, and a 10 to 7 loss. But your defense couldn't stop the Toronto Maple Leafs from scoring. The Red Wings, to their credit, did hold the Maple Leafs to one goal through the first two periods, but unfortunately, they couldn't get any offense sparked. And Alex Nedeljkovic, to his credit, did everything in his power to give this team an opportunity to win. Uh, he had a 917 save percentage in this game. He made 33 of 36 saves. He looked good. He made the saves he was supposed to, but I mean, when you're going up against Austin Matthews, who I do want to spend some time talking about a little bit later, I mean, I'm not tore up about this loss because unfortunately the realistic side of me goes into this game thinking this is going to be a loss and I'm going okay well at the very least it'll help our playoff odds yeah for sure and and I I was very fine with Ned's performance as you said I completely agree with all that even after you know we let up a little bit there not that he let up a little bit but uh it was looking like early it might have been a goalie duel and then you know let three in whatever Three is not a, a well. We can't win this game now. Goal total. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. a that's a very uh, reasonable performance by a goalie. I would say. You know. So I, yeah, I, I was fine with that. I, I thought he actually looked pretty good. So I completely agree. I think that this game afterwards. I mean, like I said at the beginning, man, it was like okay, 
Like, honestly, the most upsetting thing throughout the whole thing to me was giving up 60. I just didn't want to give up 60. Like, really badly, I didn't. And we did. So, like, that that was the most frustrating part for me. I mean, the, the loss, it's the second last game of the season, and, and we're, uh, you know, ha- have one of the eight worst records in the NHL, and we're playing a team that is it, has one of the best rosters and best po- point totals in the NHL. Like, I'm, I'm not losing sleep over – losing i'm not losing sleep over getting shut out anymore um i'm not getting upset over uh over losses period really to anybody and uh that really the only thing that made me upset was the fact that we gave up 60 i yeah man i don't honestly i'm not even upset that the red wings gave up gold number 60 i mean that's just that's just austin matthews being incredibly like just an absolute beast um I mean, I just don't even really have anything positive to say about this team. There was nobody on this team that really brought a positive impact in this game. I mean, actually, there is one player that if you look at expected goals for percentage was above 50%. And I want you to guess at that player. One player who was above 50? In, in quality shot attempts taken versus quality shot attempts given up in this game i'm gonna go with michael rasmussen it was not michael rasmussen think think lower on your on your list sam Gagne. nope lower adam ernie go all the way to the bottom <laughs> uh I, what what are we doing here danny de kaiser had an expected okay, goal so score percentage. Honestly, if you, you said go all the way to the bottom, Danny DeKaiser would have been my last guess. I That's would have why gone I said go every all the single way. forward before I, I went even started at the defense. Yeah, that we would have been that would have been a 30 minute show of me just guessing names. So D- I'm, I'm Danny DeKaiser had forward. expected goal score percentage in this game of 56. 0.02 and a relative to his teammates 36.96 wow he was your best player in this game and according to hockey stat cards i'll throw that up there for you boys and girls uh he was the third best player on the ice lucas raymond unsurprisingly was number one Oli Ulevi was your second best player and expected uh in hockey impact card no one on this team had a positive offensive impact no duh the team scored zero goals. Um, but Lucas Raymond, Olio Levy, Danny DeKaiser, Kyle Criscullo, Taro Hirose, and Mitchell Stevens all had positive defensive impacts. A few of those guys had positive um, miscellaneous and individual impacts. But I do want to, again, shout out Olio Levy. And I, I don't know what everyone else is seeing or what the coaches aren't seeing in him that I am seeing or vice versa or whatever I'm trying to say that he's not getting a lot of ice time in these games. And I know that historically he has not been a good defenseman and historically he's been injury prone, but in his what now eight games with the Red Wings, he's been a positive asset when he is on the ice. I don't know if it's coincidental, but when he is on the ice, the team plays better. And I'm not saying he's some game changing talent. I'm not going to go that far, but ride a hot hand, give him more ice time. And maybe that's why he finally has gotten two more games in a row. But I mean, again, He's second on the team and expected goals for percentage in this game. Again, um, I'm sorry. He's third on the team and expected goals for percentage in this game with 45.56. He's third in the team in hockey impact cards. 
I mean, this is this is a guy who isn't great. Like, I'm not trying to say he is, but if he's one of the few players that are having a positive impact on the ice, I don't care what his history says. Give him minutes. Even though he only played eight minutes in this game, I think he played the least amount of minutes. At least he was effective in those eight minutes, even if it was sheltered. Like, I just, the expectations are so low. If a player's playing halfway decent, just throw him out there. Yeah, especially on that side of the puck. But And, like, even more so, you know, I don't care what his history says. His history doesn't say he's a bad player. He <laughs> you says know he's I mean? injury prone. That's it. Right. His, in, his, his history just says that he hasn't gotten too much playing time. So, like, I, I, I even more so, I, I think that uh, we should have been playing him a lot more, really, ever since we acquired him. And, and you know, we only got one game left in the season now, so who knows. But yeah. And, um, and like- It'll be an interesting offseason to see those those midseason pickup guys where uh, where they all end up. Listen, I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm also not trying to say. I'm like armchair GMing this. You know, I'm not trying to say Oluwole is the future of this team. But I mean, he's still incredibly young. He's only 23 years old. Um, he was taken fifth overall in the you know in that in that 2016 NHL draft. So he could still have time to develop. He's had a lot of injury issues. Why not give him the chance now, late in the season? And uh, they clearly have a little bit. Um, granted, it's sheltered minutes. Again, only eight minutes on the ice. But, like, I just – the expectations are non-existent at this point. See what he's got. That's why, again, I'm advocating for Magnus Helberg because I don't care. Like, and that, that sounds so bad. But, like, at this point, True. you're not playing for anything other than to see what your players got. So play the players and see what they got. That's why Turner Elson played in this game. And guess what? Turner Elson, the team got shelled in this game. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs against Stanley Cup contender, but Turner Elson in his first ever NHL game at 29 years old, second best player on the team, expected goals four percentage, 45 percent. I mean, again, not a great. Again, no one had a great game this in this game, but of of the players who played on the Red Wings roster, he was the second best. So, listen, I'm all for at this point giving players chances to play and seeing what they got. That's what rebuilding teams do. That's what rebuilding teams do, especially when they're down and out. I mean, you just, I know we got to get to a break, but the amount of AHL talent that played in tonight's game is, is incredible to me. You had Taro Hirose, you had Kyle Chris Kulo, you had uh, Turner Elson. I mean, on most NHL teams, Oliu Levy's not an NHL player. And I just talked about giving him as much time as possible, but history has stated he, he's not getting a ton of NHL minutes. Osterley, I don't even know if Osterley is an NHL caliber defenseman on most teams. I mean, the amount of players on this roster that wouldn't even be on an NHL team on other and other franchises and organizations is stunning. So no, I'm not shocked. I'm not broken up about a three, nothing loss. I'm just give give people ice time. I mean, see what any player can do. See if anyone's got any upside that you haven't tapped into yet, because this is, this is the team and you got New Jersey on Saturday. You just beat them last week. Maybe you can do something against New Jersey because, or do you even want to do something against New Jersey? I don't even know. Like I, I, this is, feels like such bad podcasting right now, Scotty, because like you obviously want to get the best chance available and the Ottawa Senators are only one point behind you and you can move up, get a slightly better percentage chance. But like, does the, does the percentage chance even matter? I'm so just down and out on the way this team finished. And I know we're rebuilding. I know we're rebuilding and I'm keeping that in mind. But this last, since the All-Star break has just been so rough to sift through. Just so rough to sit here and watch giving up four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven goals a night, man. It's just been rough. It has certainly been rough, brother. It's had some moments, though. It I has. do want to say that. It has had some moments. 
Um, but yeah, I've rambled. I, I feel I feel heard now, Scotty. Thank you. I feel heard. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so um, happy. That. I, that was some rambling right there. Um, Banner. Banner. Good call. Scotty Bentley. Boom. Nope. Boom. Top tier podcast. I was like, I was like, is he not going <laughs> to put it off? Like, Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip it, skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I've used HelloFresh myself, guys, and I got to say, it's really awesome. Just like it says in the ad read, they give you pre-portioned ingredients. They give you a cooking card. They tell you how to cook it. They, all the steps are right there in front of you. It's super simple, and the meals are delicious. They had me trying things I had never tried before food-wise, and there wasn't a single meal that in the end I was like, I didn't like this. I mean, the best meals for me were always, you know, got to go with the burgers. Any, there, were, there were some burgers that the cheddar was on the inside. And let, Scotty, let's be honest, I don't cook. I never have done it on my own, but I'm thankful for thankful for HelloFresh for having me do that and having it so simple and easy to follow along with the recipes. HelloFresh's chefs really know how to diversify the menu and seasonal recipes like salmon limon and pasta primavera. Uh, pick your favorites from 50 different weekly options and skip weeks when you need to. Change your delivery date or update your preferences all in the HelloFresh app. Customize your customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out. One protein or side for another, upgrading for a more luxe experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored for you. So go to HelloFresh.com and slash LOCKEDON16 and use code LOCKEDON16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, I kind of rambled there at the end. I guess the nail in the coffin to my point, I will say, is I understand it's a rebuilding year and there's a lot of injuries that go on that have really neutered this offense. Um, but I feel like that doesn't mean I still can't get frustrated when the team plays poor, even if they're playing a team that out is out caliber. I don't know. I feel like I'm contradicting myself now because at the start, I was like, I don't really care. But obviously, I do feel very frustrated, right? Like, I feel like I worked myself up there in the first segment. I mean, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, a little bit, maybe yeah. like, look, man, there's, I, I think that there is something to be said for both being true. You can continue to be frustrated. We've been frustrated for two months. Yeah. This has been a, a treacherous second half. This has been a, a, a horrid second half from a first half that was pretty exciting and put a lot of optimism into people. So it, that, that doesn't have to go anywhere. But you can also have the 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 vision, yeah, to see really, that, like, hey, you know, what else were we really expecting? I mean, that's really it. Like, I mean, there's two. There are two sides inside. Like, there there's two people inside me, Scotty. I mean, there's there's a logical, rational person that's like, okay, that every loss is helping us get closer to a possibility of getting Shane right. And I knew logically. They're going to probably lose to a much better team in Toronto. But the emotional side of me still wants to see this team go out and have the heart to compete every night. And I'm not saying they weren't trying. I mean, they're again, they're neutered for talent. But to watch them get shelled 3-0 by the Toronto Maple Leafs and lose 3-0 by the Toronto Ma- to the Toronto Maple Leafs again, 
or not three nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs again, but losing to the Toronto Maple Leafs for the fourth and final time this season. Like, yeah, the emotional side of me does feel frustrated. Like, there can be that separation. I think you, I think you succinctly put it there for me because I was struggling internally of how to like really verbal because he's a wait, he's a writer. (laughs) There it is. Now I feel like my thoughts are in order. So thank you, Scotty. Of course, brother. You, you are you are my rock. Of course. Um, I do want to touch on Austin Matthews. I know he's a yeah. Toronto Maple Leaf and he's, you know, the enemy. But I do yeah. think Austin Matthews is the favorite to win the Hart Trophy. And I think what Austin Matthews has done to the game has has and continue to will continue to be an incredibly positive impact. I mean, the guy is the first player in the NHL since 2011-2012, since Steven Stamkos, to score 60 goals in a season. And I know he plays for Toronto, but he's an American. And the fact that an American player is this dominant is going to be incredible for growing the game in every aspect. Yeah, and the fact that he plays for a Canadian team too, right? Like yeah. even on top of all that, he's I mean, a he is a perfect bridge yes. for um, Americans and and Canadians to both kind of like be on his side a little bit. And I know like all the rivals of Toronto are, are going to be anti him, and like we obviously like aren't supposed to like him, and we don't like him because he's a Maple Leaf and whatever. But like as far as growing the game, like you said, as far as his marketability, I think he is at this point, the most marketable player in the entire NHL. I I mean, you you talk about guys like Crosby's still doing Crosby things and such, but he's kind of a been here, like done that. And I'm not really sure how much marketable firepower he has left in him unless Pittsburgh goes on another cup run. Um, OV will always be marketable, but like again, he's a guy that's been marketable for well over a decade. A little less marketable at this moment for right, um, right, for sure. Certain reasons. Um, and I, I mean McDavid, like everybody knows McDavid, you know, top two most talented hockey player most people have ever seen in their lives, but kind of has the personality of a wooden plank. Like there, there's a <laughs> lot of uh, a lot of of people that uh have either come and gone and had their time or are here now but maybe don't have the marketability and him being an american that is the best player on a canadian team uh, arguably the canadian team like all of that together makes for a really marketable person and i I agree as as much as i mean i don't want the dude to succeed right he plays for toronto (laughs) but I, i hated the fact that we gave up 60 tonight but objectively it's uh, it's definitely damn good for the game of hockey. Well, like you're a hundred percent spot on with everything you just said. Obviously, him playing for Toronto of all teams. I mean, that is the biggest hockey city in the NHL. I mean, when you think of hockey, you think of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like that is that is unfortunately what hockey has come to. I understand that you're the biggest hockey media market in the world, and I can admit that. And the fact that Austin Matthews, the most prolific goal scorer this team, this league has seen in, well, since Ovi got drafted. Ovi's still doing Ovi things, by the way, not trying to discount what Ovi's doing or what Connor McDavid is doing, but he's the first player in 10 years to hit 60 goals and that he's an American. 
like you said, mixes the both of those. I just hate that he plays for Toronto. Like an American player who's that good plays for like the worst possible team <laughs> to play for. Like he plays yeah. for like the one Canadian team, the one team in the NHL. I think everyone dislikes, but like you said, from a marketability standpoint, that is the perfect team for someone like Austin Matthews to go, go to. And I think that that is inc- like if the NHL smart, they'll continue to market. And I think they have been marketing the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've always marketed the Toronto Maple Leafs more than any other team. And I think having a guy like Austin Matthews on that team, it really, really helps that as well. So I think that Austin Matthews being on the Maple Leafs can help grow the game, but I admit that begrudgingly. <laughs> I'm not yeah, happy no, to admit I mean, that, I mean, but it's well, just the truth. That's pretty much everything I said, right? Like he is, it's, you know, we're, we're not supposed to, to talk good on it because, you know, but, but at the end of the day, as, as far as the entire game of hockey and, and the NHL and all 32 teams, it's objectively good for the sport. I mean, kids are going to grow up looking at Austin Matthews thinking, I want to be Austin Matthews, that's, especially that's Americans. That he is the perfect bridge of both of, of the two, you know, prominent countries in, in the sport. He is... He, he is the the bridge of America. and Because we've had plenty of Canadians come over, obviously, forever. We, we've had every star is a Canadian, right? So the, the fact that we have the best player, at least the best goal scorer, the most widely known player on a, on like I said, the Canadian team being American is is a big deal. And, and it's definitely good for the game of hockey. I completely agree. Um. You Still talk to pissed you. it happened against us, though. And I'm also really upset that he plays for Toronto. Yeah, I get, right. I, I get it. I logically, again, it's that logic thing. But the emotions, like, why did it have to be Toronto? Why Toronto have to get like the American player? Like, come on. But that's just me being a, a salty American. Um, got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Got to try their puffs if yeah, you haven't already. You're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting protein bars. Did it go up? It did. Okay, cool. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate puffs. Are our ju- fan favorite with incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. They are going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that includes those puffs. Go to Built.com and scroll down their macro charts. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain... 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to transition now from talking about the Maple Leafs game. Um, Steven Stamkos, for the first time in his career. And just wait, guys. There's going to be a Red Wings twist. Steven Stamkos, for the first time in his career, hit 100 points. Steven Stamkos is one of those guys who has always been considered like an elite-level player, but he himself has always been hampered with injuries and never has been able to really reach that pinnacle, that summit, He's been capable of until this year. So my question for you, Scotty, is, is there a player currently on the Detroit Red Wings that you could see hitting that 100-point total at some point in their career? And if there's not, 
Do you think we will see one in the near future on the roster? Uh, I, I mean, I do. I, I think this is, I, I don't want to give like a, like a kind of answer, but I do think that we do have a person on the roster that is capable of it. But I also don't think that they are capable of it at, with the roster constructed in the current way. I fully believe that Dylan Larkin could hit a hundred points in a season, but I don't believe that he could do it with the, not even the play, not even the names on the back of the jerseys, but the, just the level of talent, whatever you think, rate it out of a hundred for all I care, whatever you think the talent level is of the Detroit Red Wings. Okay. Use their, use their shell 22 overall. I, I don't care <laughs> that number. If it's at that number, no matter whose names are on the back of the jerseys, if it stays at the number it's at this year, he, he he's never capable of getting it. But he's he's a dynamic playmaker and such a good skater that I do fully believe that if we were to raise that number and, and he was still as prominent of a role as he is right now, that Dylan Larkin absolutely could hit 100 points. I mean, what? I he hope had, that made sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Dylan Larkin, with this roster – was damn near point per game. He, you know, he had um, 69 points in 71 games played this season. Nice. Uh, yeah. You didn't say, I, you know, I know you didn't say it on the episode where we talked about his injury because it was just like not the right time. Yeah. So I, right. I'm proud of you for waiting until Thanks, just man. now. Um, but yeah, he had 69 points in 71 games played. He was, he got injured after the all-star break. His production did dip a little bit, but not to like, he was terrible numbers. He was healthy through the whole season, man. He would have been an above point per game player. He might have been touching almost 90 points this season. Almost 90 points is what I totally would, would think with this level of talent around him. And I, I truly elite players don't need to rely on the talent around them to produce, but there are so few truly elite players in this league that can do it on their own. I mean, you're looking at guys like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, Alexander Ovechkin, those, those three, Sidney Crosby, those, I'll say four players on, in the NHL that can do it on their own. Your other 100-point players need to have the help help around them to get to that number. And I think that Dylan Larkin, if he can get it, if he can just get a whole season healthy, and I know it's it's not his fault. I'm not going to put the blame on him. It's hockey. This kind of things happen. Like I I know I've used the term injury prone, um, you know, in this very show. But what even is injury prone? It's players who have gotten unlucky, players who have gotten themselves into positions where they're vulnerable. I mean, there is some ways you players can mitigate that to get themselves out of vulnerable positions, but in the end, getting hurt is just bad luck in a lot of cases. So what even is getting injury prone? So if he can just remain healthy for a full season and we can improve the talent around him a little bit, yeah, I agree. He could be that 100-point player, but outside of him, I don't think there is anyone that could have that potential of being a 100-point player. And granted, Raymond's rookie season, he maybe could, but you know, I just I don't think he's. I don't know. I don't. No, I, I, don't I, I think I agree that with that. But like, you don't. You don't need a team full of a hundred point no, players. No, you don't. Absolutely up. not. Like, uh, no, I, I think I probably agree with that. But I think the biggest thing that would attribute to Larkin getting there would be putting just an absolute sniper on left wing with him, right? If you could just get a guy that that can just snipe Sally. He's just going to get pucks deep. He's going to take slappies at the net. That's it. Just pure sniper. It, it doesn't even have to be like 
you know, like I'm not asking for Ovechkin. Like I, I just want somebody out there that can for a full season be a really productive goal pure goal scorer and pure sniper. I think Larkin could get there. I, I do, wow. and, and I don't think it would be too difficult. I'm not you know, I'm not saying he's gonna put up like 140, but yeah. like, like let's get hundred points is incredibly like, hard to reach. Right. I, I don't think that it would be like, oh, you know, he he's laboring out there to try to achieve this. Like I think it would come pretty naturally, I guess is my point. And I, I the team doesn't even have to be that good to accomplish that. I mean, if you put him on a line with Raymond as he continues to grow over the next couple of years, and then on the other side get him, you know, a, a real true sniper. I, I, I it, it's going to come down to to converting on the assist with him. We pretty much know what his ceiling ish is with goals. So I, I think that that's probably the biggest uh, contributor would be the biggest contributor to him getting that total. And, and I don't think it's that far fetched as some people might think. Yeah, but it and comes I, a lot down to who's around him more so than really anything else. I actually think that the Red Wings might have that guy you're describing on their team, but you also need that player to be able to play a full season. Uh, and Jacob Rana, I mean, that's a guy so far in his two partial seasons of the Wings will score from anywhere on the ice, anywhere on the ice. And I mean, if you put that with a guy who's, you know, a, a 50-50 guy like Dylan Larkin, who gets half of his points via goals and half of his points setting up his teammates. Right. I mean, that that could be your catalyst to launching Dylan Larkin across that 100-point threshold, but that would also require actually putting them on the same line. Novel Which concept. It's something that we have, for whatever reason, are very adamantly against. Yeah. Um. Would you like us to do a tankathon spin. It's been a minute since we've done it. We've been very talkative. Last I would episodes. love to do a tankathon. Uh, so the Red Wings odds have been updated on here. They are now eighth best odds. They have a 6% odds according to tankathon. Let's start simming that lottery. Can you zoom in enough for you? Yeah, yeah, you can see it. Yeah, I think it's good. This is one. Stay to eight. Two, eight. Three, eight. Four, one. There you go. Four chances it took wow. to jump up seven spots to number one. There you go. We'll take four. I'll take it. That was a little bit of fun there. Any final thoughts? Um, do we just like talk for another like half an hour so I don't have to leave and go do the Tiger show? Listen, man, it's the end of the show. If you want to take a couple minutes to, like, vent, go for it. No, I kind of just want to save that for the show. Gotcha. Did we see Andrew Chafin in that game? No, we didn't. No. Uh, Javi Baez, though. Thumbs up. God mode. Yeah, that's the silver lining, I guess. It was horrible. We ball, though. We ball. You and I, we ball. We ball. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. To your team. Every day. Every day.